0: Welcome back to Jumpscare, I'm Betty And I'm Chad This week we covered Shudder's The Mortuary Collection This poor soul's journey has come to an end From dust we started To dust we return Every corpse tells a story it is our task to listen.
1: So these are all stories about how people died.
0: Some tales even I find too
1: unsettling to recount. She's dead! You gotta get that body out of your apartment. Keep your doors locked tonight and keep an eye out for crazies. Monsters! Oh
0: That's pretty cool. Yes, it is, isn't it? There's no use running. Your story
1: is just beginning.
0: (laughs) I was very hesitant to watch... I'm very hesitant to watch any anthology film because... I personally feel that I've been burned several times throughout the year. The last good anthology that I enjoyed, well, I did like Scare Package, but before that
1: was Trick or Treat. And that's not really a traditional anthology. That's more of just like a uh, Pulp Fiction kind of, you know, interconnected stories happening. It's not really like a straight anthology.
0: I guess I thought it was a more it was a modern anthology because you kind of do have a wraparound story esque and what then you, you
1: and then the same kind of thing in Pulp Fiction though yeah then the wraparound that's, story and so it's not really like an anthology to me it's more of just like an interconnected story or same thing with that movie Go and some of those ones like that where it's just a whole bunch of weird shit happening that has like one loose character that kind of connects them all you know
0: I guess I mean I could there's Well, okay, fine. Scare Package. (laughs) (laughs) All the other ones, I totally despise, and I find them to be terrible. I wanted so much to love Tales of Halloween, but... There's way too many stories and a lot of them are just terrible. I did not care. The only one that I really liked was the candy one. Sweet tooth. Sweet tooth. In the yes. Yeah.
1: That one was freaking excellent. Yeah, they should have done more with that. But yeah, I can't think of there's been a lot of others, but a lot of them are very low budget and very, you know, you can tell they're not there's not a lot of thought put into them. There's not a lot of design or anything like that.
0: Well, we have some recognizable well, two recognized. I have recognized one face besides obviously the main.
1: Yeah, it's just Clancy Brown playing the mortician in this one called uh, Montgomery Dark. Yeah, that's a uh, good name for a mortician right there.
0: Jacob Elarotti, who's who plays Jake. Who the heck is this guy? You're asking yourself. Well, he is has been recently in the Kissing Booth movies. He's the main Never guy. Well, because you're a 40-plus-year-old man, I'm a 12-year-old girl in my heart. So, of course, I'm going to love all the fucking teen <laughs> movies that Netflix shoves at my face. And I know him very well uh, via those movies. He's also on HBO's Euphoria. Never heard of it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then Caitlin Custer uh, plays Sam, who is who wants the story. She... Yeah. Arrives at the
1: mortuary first, kind of asking for you know just the stories, and then asking for a job when that doesn't get her anywhere. And because
0: you're hiring, yeah,
1: they perpetually are. there hiring, he says. Which you know that gives me indication right there that I don't want to work at this place. If they're always hiring, that seems like the kind of place you don't want to work. High turnover rate is not a good uh, not a good sign. The uh, film was. Uh,
0: filmed, the mortuary collection was filmed in Astoria, Oregon. I love Oregon. Uh, I want to live and die in the state at a very old age, like 105, I'm thinking. And in the Flavio Museum, Museum, House Museum, so sorry, built in, it was built in the 1800s. You can tell, the the film does this weird thing where each story looks like, like, new 50s, 60s age. They, you don't really know the time frame this is happening. Well, and, uh, and... But everyone's
1: using a landline. No one has a cell phone. And everyone's using, you know, it's more rotary dial phones. And there, I think there's a reason for that later. Uh, I won't go into reasons why because it might spoil it, but... I'm thinking the reason is is that things are not happening in exactly the time frame you think they are.
0: Okay, and that's fine. It doesn't it doesn't take away or ruin the story for me at all. It's just, I mean, and it looked gorgeous. Let me just say, if you're someone that likes uh, the visual aspect of films, like the set production and stuff like that, the film is beautiful. I mean, it was filmed at the Flavio Museum, so a, a lot of it. So, I mean. The house is the star within itself. I mean, the it's everything. There hasn't been anything, uh, at least not too much of it, uh, that's been reproduced. Everything is still the original coloring, the original woodwork from the 1800s. So there's a lot of history within the house. And it's a beautiful, amazingly haunting
1: backdrop for this film. Yeah, I saw some actual pictures of the house. And it looks like they just kind of CGI'd out some of the other houses around it. And then that was it. They just left it there. It looked like it was pretty much untouched. So it looks like a good, creepy, scary house, you know?
0: The anthology uh, consists of four stories, and that's The Medicine Cabinet.
1: Which Um, is probably the shortest one.
0: Unprotected, Till Death, and The Babysitter Murders. And we'll get into The Babysitter Murders later, because there's more to that um, with that story, which I found very interesting. Uh, the Medicine Cabinet. We're going to break down each uh, story. Not too much. I don't want to give anything away. It's definitely worth a watch. I'm just going to throw this out there and give it four knives. Just let's get that <laughs> out of the way. It's four knives. Um, You probably heard everyone talking about this film so far. It came out on Friday, I believe. Um, and it's... We'll start with The Medicine Cabinet. So... You have this woman who's on a date, and she's a pickpocket, and she bites a little uh, more often what she can do. Her curiosity got the best of her.
1: Yeah, she should have just left things alone. I, the
0: first story, I was like, oh, I don't know. This first story is, it's
1: okay. But then I, I kind of thought the same thing, but then I liked it when they actually cut to the characters, and she was actually saying, eh. That was okay, but it didn't really work for me.
0: Exactly. And that uh, is fucking great. It has, like, that creep show humor. You yeah. know, the whole film has,
1: like, that humor in it. Yeah, a little bit of the black humor along with it. But they said when they did that, I was like, oh, okay. So they know what they know what's going on here. It's like a slow...
0: They're just slowly, you know, bringing right. you into the story. And they're going to throw everything all at, at once at you. And the story's fine. And it looks, I mean... I can't say this enough. It's just visually stunning. I was just like, holy shit, this place is be Like this bathroom, it reminded me of The Shining, like the yeah, bathroom. Yeah, like the Overlook Hotel.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like the green like in it. Well, and this is one of those things too. This first one, even though it's very short, I could see this just being a separate short that someone made. You know, that they're like, here's our little five minute horror short that only has one or two people in it. And it would work for that pretty well. But, you know, as part of the anthology, like I said, at first you were kind of like, eh, I don't know. But then when they started commenting on it, I was like, all right, they know what they're doing. So I'm fine with it.
0: Overall, the film, because I'll probably say this like 29 times, great effects, practical effects. A lot of the effects are practical and it, it pays off. And it's just, for me, there was just so many scenes. They were just hauntingly beautiful, like... There's scenes where the camera just pulls. There's this one scene where the camera's pulling back and it's showing what's happening. It's just so, I, I called it gore-tastic. Like it was just not in a disgusting, like what you would think gore. It was just like, it was gorgeous. See what I did there? I got you. <laughs> The second story is uh, Unprotected, and that's where uh, Jacob. Elorati comes into
1: the guy that I've never heard of,
0: uh, Jake, his name is Jake and it's, you know, frat boy, you know, adding notches to his bedpost. He's telling girls that, you know, condoms empower them and he's empowering the, you know, women and he's all about the patriarchy. The patriarchy is going to, you know, burn down and it's
1: dying and all that stuff. And he's got a really good line, a lot of really good lines to get women in bed, basically.
0: Yes, he's he definitely knows what he's doing, and he's a looker,
1: so that also helps if you're interested in that kind of look. And uh, you know, I think you can see that you know this is not going to work out well for him in the end.
0: He, um, you know, they show this little mousy, you know, girl. She's the glasses, you know, the little headband. Minding her business. She, another frat boy go, comes up to her who's a, you know, nerdy looking kid. And uh, he has his eyes on her. But she gets, you know, the attention of Jake. And Jake comes over and invites her to a party that they're having. Um, and she decides, yeah, she's, she's going to go to this party. And, you know, let me tell you, this takes like, he decides he doesn't want to the whole empower thing obviously is bullshit, and he doesn't want to uh deal with the condom and it does not go well for him. I would just all i'm gonna say he gets what he thinks is an s t d but it's so much worse.
1: This one has a lot of really good practical effects in it too. there's some good makeup in it it looks it look really creepy and disgusting and there's a couple of scenes that, you know, they really get in there with the uh, with the gross-out factor on a couple of them in this one, and they're, they're really good. Uh, there's one thing I hadn't seen before, and that uh, that may haunt me for a while. <laughs> the next story in it was called uh, Till Death, and as soon as you see Till Death, you know, like, well, till this part, and, you know, someone's not coming out of this well. But this one's about a man who is married and his wife has been in a uh, coma and not really able to respond do anything he's taking care of her all the time that's his full-time job is just taking care of her while she just lays in bed he has to feed her do everything and you can see that he really is into cooking he's you know making all these gourmet meals for her but then they just get put in a blender and fed to her like soup so there's nothing he really has nothing going for him
0: no, and they're young. They're not, it's not like an elderly couple. I would no. say they're probably in their 30s. Yeah,
1: they're in their mid 30s. And this is one of those things that you can see where it's going to go, but at the same time, you feel bad for him, but you kind of understand what's going to happen and why it has to happen. You're like, oh, I see, but I don't know if I could do it, you know?
0: Yeah, this story actually was my least favorite um because i felt like there's
1: no real bad guy in this story
0: no there's no real bad guy but also it's unexplainable like what like i mean i guess i guess it is explained but i just don't like the way it was explained i don't know it just it 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 left me feeling some kind of way and i can't Pinpoint exactly what it is without giving too much away. Well, like I said, I, I kind of
1: felt like there was no real villain in this one because if he had been like evil or she had been evil, like if she had been a terrible person and he was still taking care of her, and then something happens, you know, you could have felt a little bit differently about it. But I kind of felt bad for both of them in this one because there really was no bad guy in it. You you could see where both of them were, you know. Obviously, with her, she didn't have much choice in the matter. And with him, I kind of felt like he didn't either. So they were both kind of screwed.
0: The last story is the babysitter murders. Yeah, that does sound familiar. <laughs> I was like, wait a second, what? Um, Man, I don't even know how to... It's the story of how Sam comes to be at the mortuary. And... There's so much more to it, but this is actually probably mine. It's tied with the um, unprotected because I really did like that story, but this is my top favorite one. It's there's so much going on in it because cleverly, while we're watching what Sam is going through and how you know and how she got to the mortuary. We're also watching, she's watching a horror movie. And the horror movie that she's watching is actually a short from 2015 from the director that he had done called the babysitter murders
1: yeah so this was a clever idea to work your own short into the full-length movie
0: yeah no shame whatsoever and kudos to you because i was just like that's fucking great because at the end of the day you're gonna have to make if she's watching something and you're an independent film you're not gonna want to do something that's you know nasferatu the, the living dead something that probably doesn't have you know it's a public domain that's but it's been done movies
1: right there that's why in every horror movie they're always watching neither living dead because it's public Domain, they don't have to pay anyone, even the more recent goosebumps, or not goosebumps, uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. They're watching the living dead or the drive in, yeah. So, you know, that's why it's always that or Nosferatu. So, you
0: don't want to have to deal with any of those. So, just make your own damn short. If you already have a short, just put that into what she's watching, and it's it just ties into what's going on. There's some very clever things that he does that people that are going through what they're going through in the film, it kind of correlates to some things that are happening in the thing. And you'll see the scene where like a character is doing something in the film. And then the person in, you know, the situation is doing kind of the same action. Yeah. And, uh, I really like that. And the story is just great. I mean, the story of the actual story, not the, Babysitter Murders, because we're only seeing clips from that, but we can only guess. I, there's a, a a Halloween homage in there. Um, I just, I really love Within the um, Babysitter Murders uh, TV novella, whatever the hell she's watching. Um, I like that aspect of it. And uh, the I can't even, I can't tell too much, but it's the classic tale of, you know, I'm a babysitter, and there's a psycho on the loose, and dot, dot, dot.
1: Yeah, and it goes into some unexpected places, and I kept trying to second-guess it throughout it, going, oh, it's going to do this, oh, it's going to do this. And I was kind of surprised by where it went, so uh, good job on them, because it's hard to surprise me nowadays.
0: That shit paid off. It really did. And, you know, that's the last story And, you know, then you think, oh, okay, then the wraparound story, the stories are going to end, and then credits. And it's like, no, we have more to show you because now there's going to be more interaction between Montgomery and Sam. And, you know, you're going to find out. They really set it up for a sequel. Yeah. Yeah in in a very clever way because if you think about it if you've come to a place and we kind of skipped over the whole interview process um the interaction between Montgomery and Sam when she first gets there but you know he interviews her and they're sitting in his room and He has a room full of books, and she asks him, "Like, what's up with all these books? Like, that's amazing." And he tells her, "These are all the stories of the dead, and how they came to be at the mortuary, how they died, and so you can literally have so many sequels, like because there's just so many stories to tell."
1: And you also wonder what what Montgomery's story is as well, because you see a little bit of strangeness from him when he's conducting a funeral at the beginning, and you see him kind of go into a really strange direction about how we're going to lead the people out and to the, you know, we're going to be immortal. And then he kind of realizes, oh, I should stop. I'm I'm creeping the people out. Especially because, you
0: know, the funeral is not... I mean, it's a funeral, so saying those kind of things
1: are not appropriate, but it's a very sensitive funeral that's happening. Uh, This kind of reminded me of one that... Uh, we saw years ago. I saw it back when it was on VHS and it was called Cursed. And they re the original title of it was From a Whisper to a Scream. And it was with Vincent Price running a mortuary. And he was telling all the different stories that happened in it. I think you saw that one as well. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of that. And, Tales from uh, the Hood. Yeah, Tales from the Hood. Uh, it reminded me of those. And those are some of the better anthologies that I've seen. So it was, it was in good territory. I think this definitely will go
0: into the whole, like like the creep show tales Tales, from the
1: hood tales from the dark side um tales from the dark
0: side those anthologies this sits up there for me with them i mean there's they're they're classics but
1: this is a modern this can be a modern classic i think this one has the best wraparound i've seen probably since tales from the dark side it's hard to beat you know deborah harry about to cook a kid in a big giant oven but they did it this one, I think.
0: They did. And they did a freaking fantastic job. And this is the only one that I've seen where there's a wraparound for the wraparound. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, definitely check it out. It's on Shudder. The writer-director of this, I don't know if we mentioned the name earlier, is Ryan Spindell. Uh, he's done a lot of shorts. And this is, I believe, his first feature. But he's done a great job on it. And I can't wait to see more from him.
0: It's a Kickstarter- um projects and that's how it started and it's awesome i think you were mentioning how um the like the creatures uh, and stuff and
1: creatures are like repurposed creatures from other tv shows just painted made to look a little bit different and and that's a a good way to save money on that kind of stuff so uh kudos to them because it was the stuff wasn't recognizable but it was definitely creepy
0: yeah, uh, there's slight CGI in some areas where the, where it needs to be, but it doesn't take away from the story because there's so much practical effects. And when you, I mean, when you see the CGI, you are, you're going to know, okay, well, that part is digital, but it doesn't. It doesn't take away from the
1: story. No, it doesn't. It doesn't it, take you out of it. It's not like some of these ones where you see like really bad CGI and you're like, oh, well, it really took it out of it because it's such an obvious, you know, not there that it takes you out of it. Nothing in this really took me out of it uh what do you give it how many knives i'm giving it the four knives too because it was really good i've always liked clancy brown it's good to see him in these kind of roles where you can tell he's having a blast Um, he's done so many like creepy characters over the years and just listening to him talk and tell stories is always great he's done a lot of voice work over the years people know him everything from lex luthor to he's on spongebob he's on everything he
0: definitely has a presence. And I think that you were mentioning that he would be a
1: great... If they had to, just watching him in this, if they ever do, and they eventually will, if they remake Phantasm, he'd make a great tall man. He would make a great
0: tall man. I mean, not besides the fact that he's tall.
1: He's tall, he's got that kind of creepy look to him, and he could definitely have the voice to say the boy line. that You could really hear him selling that. That is my key piece of casting. And the other one I always want to see is I want to see Werner Herzog play the scary German guy in Monster Squad. Because <laughs> he would be an amazing scary German guy.
0: They don't need to remake that movie. And it would be everything that, that, everything that makes a Monster Squad great would be lost if it was made today because they would
1: not be able to. But yes, I agree with both of those. I would love to. If they are going to remake it, and they probably will eventually, they have to get Werner Herzog to be the scary German guy because I can't think of anyone else that would be amazing in that role. Just him sitting down talking to the kids about the stuff would be great because you know the kids would be terrified on For Real. <laughs> he really would be the scary German guy on the set. He really would be. He,
0: he's, he actually, he always is... The scary guy on the set. <laughs> yeah, I loved it
1: when he popped up in Parks and Rec and uh, was just the guy, like, oh, yes, I'm selling the house and moving to Disneyland so I can be closer to the children. It's like, no, 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 no. You probably no. shouldn't do that. <laughs> no, stay there at the Creepy Doll Factory house.
0: Yes. Thank you so much for joining us on our review of the Mortuary Collection, which can be viewed on Shudder. And I believe there's 12 more days till Halloween.
1: Yep. So everyone start celebrating now because there's not much going on this year. So get your movies out. Let us know what you're watching. Email us at Stay Tuned to the Horror and tell us what you're watching and what you're going to be doing this Halloween
0: at gmail.com. Not Juno or Yahoo or any Any of those others.
1: Stay tuned to the horror at gmail.com. Email us. Let us know what you're doing for Halloween. We'd love to hear from you.
0: Yeah, because we love Halloween. And this actually, if you wanted a way to watch this for Halloween, it would make a great Halloween movie. Yep,
1: it would be great for that.
0: Thank you so much. And stay tuned to the horror.
1: And now, folks, it's time to say
0: good night. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment.